Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nav uh, joins me uh, once again. Um, good evening, by the way. This is Manchester United Redcast. My name's Aaron Paul. I'll tell you what. Uh, firstly, apologies. We haven't been around for about a month. I think just sort of life got in the way um, for, for, for both of us. But uh, thank you to everyone who's left messages. It's really good to hear from you. And uh, nice to know that, you know, you want us to carry on doing what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, now Singh. After uh, straight after United have, have drawn three three at, at Sheffield United, I mean, it looked like we were going to lose two nil and and potentially a bit more. But the first seventy minutes, we were well, we were woeful. Um, but yeah, three goals in 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 a really quick period of time, a defensive substitution by Oli, and uh, yeah, well, well, <laughs> we all know what happened, Oli McBurney with uh, a, a half-decent finish past Abadeo. Got a pull to it, but couldn't keep it out. And United settled for a point. Nav, your thoughts? Well, to <clears> me, that <throat> minutes was uh, pretty much the, the last nine or ten months in a nutshell. Um, generally outplayed, which we were for the milk of the game. A few moments, a few bits of joy, a couple of kids coming on and doing their things. Obviously, good goals from... Uh, Williams and Greenwood, good finish from Rashford, but ultimately not enough to see the job out. Um, so I, I'm disappointed. Um, I think had we have won 3-2, it would have been a false reflection on that game. Uh, we didn't deserve to win it. I think we were probably lucky to to get that point, in fairness. Um, but my overall feeling when I look at that game is um, we, we didn't deserve any better. Uh, the mentality after taking the lead was awful. We fell back in the half. We had them truly pinned back for about a 10-minute period. Uh, I can see why Oli make the sub. Um, but my question is more, what's going on in the mindset of those players? Why did they all just suddenly drop back five yards and give the initiative back to Sheffield United? I think it's inexcusable to um, to not pick up the points after leading that game. Well, I mean, we were 3-2 up on 88 minutes. Um, I think it's a disgrace not to see that performance out. 
Yeah, certainly. I completely agree with you. Let's start with, obviously, the the lineups. United going with sort of a back three, which included Phil Jones for his first start of the season. I mean, I always sort of quiver whenever I see Phil Jones's name um, in, in, in our lineup. Um, he doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, Lindelof and Maguire partnered him, Wan-Bissaka, and, and, and Brandon Williams, who, who was a bright spark uh, throughout, I think. I, I really enjoy watching him play. Um, we're, we're, we're also involved. Um, a lot of shouts at the fact that Tuan Zabi was left on the bench, but he, he has been coming back from injury. But, I mean, the fact we're still playing Phil Jones is just baffling. Again, Nav, it's another thing that just sort of makes you scratch your head, you know? So I agree. Phil Jones looked so out of place for the 45 minutes. He really should not be pulling on a United shirt again. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he looked nowhere near the standard for Premier League. He was bullied off the ball badly for that first goal. He's got no touch. Um, he cannot anticipate a bouncing ball. Uh, you know, the guy should have been shown the door long ago. Um, Sadly, a decision was taken last year to give him a contract extension, which I can't quite believe. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that he's still there because who's going to take him unless United are willing to pay out his contract? Um, um, awful player. Um, shouldn't be there. Shouldn't have been in the starting lineup. I can't. I mean, if Twanzebe is fit enough for the bench, I think we should have started him if the intention was to go with three centre backs. And failing that, if we're genuine about giving youth a chance, then that should have been the opportunity for Oli to give Garner his first start in midfield, or possibly even Levitt, who recently got a call-up to the, the full Wales squad. I think there were opportunities to do something different. I think we just took, um, you know, what you'd say is the easy route. He was the next experienced body that was available, and we threw him in and uh, paid a heavy price in the first half. Yeah, uh, poor defending by Jones. I mean, I just, I sort of watched it in, in slow-mo in my head. You know, but, you know, when the ball's played down and Jones just fails to control it, you just see Sheffield United pouncing. Now, you know, there's a lot of question marks over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer again and, and the way United have played today, the way United have, have sort of acted. Are we, do we watch today the difference between two teams, a team that is well drilled and well coached with, with Chris Wilder and a team that's not with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Um, there's no doubting Um that Sheffield United are a well-organised team. They know what they're doing. They play a very consistent lineup, consistent formation, and the players work incredibly hard for each other. United is... It, it still There still seems to be some huge confusion in there. Um, I, I do think we have the talent to be doing better than we're currently showing. I think our front three, um, when all are fully fit, so James, Martial, Rashford, are good enough to cause anyone problems. They all have pace, but they can all finish. The movement was strangely lacking today. It only seemed to be that spark in the second half that got them going. Um, whether that's a coaching problem or whether that's something deeper in terms of the team, I do think there's still some form of mentality um, issue with a lot of those players now. You, you could argue that that's the coach, maybe not motivating them or putting enough fear into them, but it was just all so predictable today. In fact, the only thing that I would say that wasn't predictable was seeing United coming back from 2-0 down. I genuinely would not have believed that the side out there was capable of putting that comeback on, but they did. Um, I, there's a lot of talk, obviously, around the coaching with the availability of Pochettino, and I, and I understand that. Um, uh, Oli is still yet to make that indelible mark on this team. And 
you know, we're now getting to the point of um, 12 months with Oli. Where's the progress? Mm, I mean, I tweeted out when, when obviously when Pochettino was sacked that I think Oli is on very, very, very thin ice now in terms of, you know, Daniel Levy has done the work for Woodward. Woodward, you know, when, when they sat Mourinho, uh, went to approach Pochettino. He was obviously informed that Pochettino was on, on a long-term deal. And, and right now they've paid him off. He's, he's a free agent. I just think any opportunity now for them to, to you know, get rid of Oli, pay him off and bring him back, you know, I think they will. But the problem is right now, again, it all stems back down to recruitment because the, the, the situation with the, uh, the squad itself, it's still dire. We're still very, very dire. You know, you look at that bench today, who makes a difference? The fact that Fred is still, you know, sort of starting it in, in that midfield berth. Pereira's in there as well. I mean, he wasn't, he was sort of distinctly average, do you know what I mean? But, you know, Lingard, Young, still on the bench. Matt is still there as well. There, there's, there's again, a real question mark over sort of depth. And, and January's a month away now. January is, what, five, six weeks away. You know, are, are United actually going to do any business in, in the January transfer window? And are they going to back Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yeah, they simply have to. I think January is make or break for Ole. You back him, you bring the players in, and then at the end of the season, if it simply hasn't worked, there is no point in continuing with this. I, I don't think that the situation will get so bad that there'll be a change of manager before the end of the season. Um, do you know? I, I think Ole, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. I do not see that any form of knee-jerk, even if we'd have lost today. And, you know, look at the fixtures that are coming up. You know, we've got Spurs coming up. We've got City coming up. So th- there's a tough run there, and there's a few there that you could see United not taking points from. Um, I do not believe there'll be a mid-season change of manager, despite I, the I, I, I love them. I love him now, but I don't. I don't. I think I don't think he'll see the end of the season. You know. No, well, I I suspect he'll limp on somehow to the end of the season because I think we will do something in January. However, um, it would not surprise me if we've already had some form of discussion with Pochettino's representatives, and I'm sure they're probably just telling him to keep his powder dry, um, stay occupied between now and the end of the season. Look, we're in. Uh, we're approaching December rapidly. So we get into the January transfer window. That gives you, what, five months till the end of the season. Um, now, Pochettino's not stupid. He knows that um, the best thing he can do now is sit back and wait and see who blinks first, whether that's him landing the United job, whether that's Real Madrid sacking Zidane. And, and in fairness to um, Madrid and Zidane, if you look at their position in the league, there'd be no reason to make a change at Madrid right now. They're up there. They're challenging Barcelona. He man- he's managed to claw that gap back. And obviously, there's the Bayern Munich job. I cannot see Bayern Munich um, offering the job to Pochettino, having humiliated Spurs at home the way they did. I think that would be a, um, a, a bizarre move in a lot of respects. And I'm sure Bayern Munich know who they want, which is why they've held off till the end of the season. Um, so I, I think that United have got a bit of time if Pochettino is the one they want. But I, I do believe that we'll, we'll see a couple of signings in January that may or may not make the difference for Ollie. Well, who, 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 who are you plumping for in January? Well, I, I think, I don't know about who. I think there's I think there's a lot of options out there. There are 
players at clubs that, that are going to be available. I mean, look at the Juventus squad. You have at least two midfielders there that simply aren't getting enough game time or enough game time that they'd want. You have Emre Chan, you have Adrian Rabio that are barely getting a, a game for them. Um, I look at potential forwards. Um, you know, you have Jovic at Real Madrid. Cannot get a game for them. Uh, I know there's been ongoing rumours about uh, Mandzukic, but now we're hearing, you know, snippets about possibly Edin Dzeko. Um, will United pay the big money and go for Haaland? Um, I, you know, for the first time, I think I've heard United openly discussing the possibility of doing loan deals in January, uh, as Oli did this week in his press conference, which, you know, seemed like an odd thing to say. I don't think I've ever heard a United manager openly saying that they will go for loan signings. But I think that's just an acknowledgement of how far, how thin this squad is. You know, today when you've got to, you know, you've got two senior midfielders and they are Fred and Pereira, that's a pretty shocking state of affairs. You know, uh, I think they were speculating that Jones was going to play in midfield. Well, Jones shouldn't be playing anywhere near the first team, let alone in midfield. So I I think there's an acknowledgement that the squad is paper thin at United. Uh, I think Oli needs two midfielders, one forward, one wide player, and I would argue probably a, a first-choice left-back because Luke Shaw is showing no signs whatsoever of either um, gaining fitness or uh, uh, making his, his, his contract's up at the end of the season. I, I genuinely think he's done. I can't see him coming back at all. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke Shaw and his fitness, the ongoing issues. Having said that, um, hasn't he signed a... I, I believe he'd actually signed a renewal... Uh, as one of Mourinho's final acts at the club. I thought he was out of contract, Luke Shaw. Um, maybe. Oh, he's got. I'm not sure at all. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I apologise. 2023. Oh, one. Delighted. 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 Uh, 2023 with an option for a year. So basically, he could end up with a testimonial. Um, <laughs> you know. I, but I, I, I don't know. I think I think he'll be gone in the summer. I can't see him sticking around there. I like the look of Brandon Williams. I really like the look of him, and and I hope we see more of him um, as, as as the season uh, progresses. Let's talk about another youth player. Let's talk about Mason Greenwood because it was such a clever finish to get between those two centre halves. Great ball in by Rashford as well, by the way. But you know, a really, really, really good ball. But a brilliant finish by Greenwood just to like just to sort of like you know. Jam down the middle of them and, and, and tap it home. Brilliant. Wonderful. I think he's got fantastic instinct in the box. He's, he's a poacher. You know, we don't have uh, a striker like that at the club at the moment. He seems to thrive in and around the six-yard box. He finds spaces. He finds positions. But players like that um, do rely on movement, pace, and, you know, balls being whipped in. And, you know, Rashford did it on this occasion. I don't think we do enough of that, but I think that boy's got a big, big future. But we do need to uh, build that side to to create those chances. I think going back onto the Luke Shaw piece, I agree with your assessment. I think he is done at United. Seeing him move on, I think, is now going to present another challenge because I understand his contract makes him one of the most highly paid fullbacks in world football. Oh, well, another, another masterstroke. From uh, from Woodward and Co. He's uh, somewhere north of £150,000 a week. Well, the the wages, I think there was an article released about the wages this week. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see 
takes him on. Um, I'll, ta- I'll take a swap deal for Luca Dean, you know. Everton, I'll do it, <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Do it. Yeah, they can- he does do a lot of convincing to Everton as to why they'd want to pay Luke Shaw 160 well, well, they're, 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 they're the same idiots that want to take on Marcos Rojo. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, how big a loss was McTominay? I mean, massive, massive loss. Really massive. so important to, to United, isn't he? No, you're right. He, absolutely massive. He's been the main man in midfield for the season. And, uh, you know, he... He offers both a physical presence and the ability to move box to box. He's got energy in there. He can calm things down when needed. But the crazy thing that I find is we're sitting here talking about a kid who two seasons ago most people wouldn't have heard of mm-hmm. um, as being the main midfielder for United. Um, you know, where's you know where's Matter disappeared to? Um, when is Pogba ever going to get over this injury? I mean, I'm not sure what injury Pogba has had, but... I've I've heard of amputees regaining fitness quicker than Pogba. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Do you think do you think we'll obviously Pogba back in the United shirt? Well, that's another debate because he seems to be doing his utmost to avoid playing again. Um nothing surprises me these days. And this Pogba injury appears to be dragging on um to a crazy extent where Ollie's having to you know, almost be embarrassed in press conferences to talk talk about him. So, so far, while Pogba's been injured, we've seen him pop up in Dubai. Now he's in Miami, I believe. He was uh, attending a concert last week. We saw him play basketball last week. He seems to be doing an awful lot of things that most people, most uh, physios probably wouldn't consider to be rehabilitation. You know, what happened to the old-fashioned way of seeing a physio, training hard, and um, building up muscle strength again? Uh, Pogba clearly appears to be taking a very different route to fitness. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if um, something happened in January. I think the club are going to look a bit silly after all the protestations in summer that he was going to see out his time at United. But I think the other thing that's worth remembering with Pogba and his contract situation is if we get to the end of the season with Pogba, then we're in that scenario where, you know, you've got 18 months potentially to sell him if he isn't going to sign again. Um, so his maximum value could be around January. Um, in my mind, if Madrid still want him and can pay a fee um, north of 100 million, I would be biting their hands off because he's doing nothing for United. He be, be, he's barely playing a game. Do it, do it, do it. Um, that last goal of the end was a bit of a sucker punch, wasn't it? The McBurney goal. Um, yeah. They're a massive soccer punch. Massive, massive soccer punch. Uh, I've had an email in from uh, an ex-university professor, Dr. Hugh Richards, who said, looked away for five minutes, but still think the Pochettino point stands. Uh, I mean, his Pochettino point um, said that he'd go for uh, Poch before one of Real, Arsenal, Bayern, Everton, or Leighton Orient. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Uh, credit to Sheffield United. They... Were, were excellent. They're, they're a very, very well-drilled team, aren't they? I mean, they, they look brilliant and they, they had a couple of good goals as well. The least Mousset finish was good. He looks like a sort of a new player. To be fair, even the John Fleck goal was, was good after a couple of really good saves uh, from David Dyer. Um We've qualified already in the Europa League. I want to kind of just move things on a bit. We've qualified already in the Europa League. Um, I'll tell you what, should we, should we take a pause? Let's take a pause. We'll come back. We'll talk Europa League. Next, John, the Manchester United Redcast. 
Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2, a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. Yeah, welcome back to the Manchester United Red Cars with myself, Aaron Paul, and Nav Singh. Thanks for joining us uh, this week. We're obviously talking after United have joined 3-3 away at Sheffield United. Let's look ahead to the Europa League, though. And um, United taking Astana at 10 to 4 in the afternoon on Thursday. Nav, Nav, you'll still be in it. You'll still be in an executive lunch then, won't you? <laughs> I, I'll, I probably will be. Actually, you're right, Aaron. Uh, no, that that won't be a uh, fixture. I know. schedule to get to. Um, so I I will uh, I'll, I'll give this one a miss. I'm sure I'll uh, regret it as it will go down as one of the legendary games of European football. But um, yeah, I, I won't be either travelling to Astana or watching that particular game. My, my my heart bleeds for you, sir. It absolutely <laughs> does bleed for you. I mean, I would say play the kids, but we're already playing the kids. They're doing our <laughs> It's not bad. Um, I mean, what kind of team are you expected to see for this game? Because obviously we've qualified already. Look, I think uh, you're right. We've qualified already. There is absolutely no reason to risk anyone. So I'm not expecting Rashford, James, Martial, Maguire dare I say it, Fred, the only fit midfielder at the uh, club to be anywhere near this. Um, In terms of opportunities, as you say, we are already playing the kids. So I suspect, you know, this is one matters game of the month. So I'm sure he can step up and have a game. Um, You know, Ashley Young, uh, let's give Phil Jones a shot at redemption. Maybe put him in, maybe make him captain as well. Um, uh, I, I, Perhaps there are some players coming back from injury. I mean, I think we may see, on a positive note, uh, so joking aside, we may see uh, Dylan Lever get his debut for the club. Um, I think it will be some good minutes for James Garner to to play. Uh, I suspect Mason Greenwood will start the game as well. And I think any experience we can give him is beneficial. It would be nice to see maybe um, Gomez start. Um, and obviously, um, maybe another topic because of the ongoing contractual dispute, but uh, perhaps Chong as well. I think I think Lingard should play personally. I think it's again that Jesse Lingard should be using to, to sort of break his duck of, of you know goals on assist and 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 actually use it to to be a bit pro- productive. Uh, it'd be good to see the rights of Gomez and Chong and Ghana actually get the minutes. Chong has sort of flattered to deceive in his few, last few appearances. A lot of talk about him and a new contract and the fact that he's he's going to be out of contract. Are we looking at Paul Pogba part two? Um. It does feel very much like he is engineering a move out of the club. I think Paul Pogba Part 2, in that respect, I, from what I see of him, I think perhaps Paul Pogba Part 2 without the requisite ability. Um, I haven't seen enough um, from him at any level other than at youth level to suggest he's going to go on and become um, the player he perhaps thinks he is in his head. Uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, these days, a lot of these kids seem to, um, you know, um, 
let a lot of this go to their heads. And I think the club will be well within their rights to um, um, to basically show him the door. My only view is if he truly doesn't want to sign a contract, then do something about it in January and perhaps pick up something or use him um, in a deal to get someone. I mean, there's a lot of talk that Juventus are in for him. Well, let him go to Juventus, but see if he can uh, drag a midfielder out of them. Yeah, I mean, Juventus are just like scavengers, aren't they? Picking up any loose ends <clears throat> from, uh, from from anyone. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be one of them ones. It's going to be so dry. It, it is unreal. I, it, this is a stage of the Europa League that I really dislike. You know, when you get into your sort of December's and you um and and you you, you get teams like this. Um, although we've got out as an outcome in a couple of weeks as well. Um, looking at to Sunday. Well, that's a glamour isn't it? Aiden Alkmaar. Looking at to Sunday, and we've got Villa at Old Trafford again. Another Sunday where we are at four thirty, but we're not on TV because Leicester Everton uh, is a more sort of entertaining fiction. Do you know what? I completely agree. I completely oh, yeah. agree. That's the playing some great football, Everton woeful. Um and 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 United have to settle for uh, four thirty, not on T V. Is this a sign of how things are going? They've got a young progressive manager, someone that, you know, we know obviously very well in Brendan Rogers. But, you know, they've got owners who actually genuinely care about the club. They've got owners who are pouring money into the club that not stupidly pouring money into the club but buying good players you know and and, and just you know they, they they genuinely want to achieve something absolutely i think uh leicester are a team or a club with a plan um they are fantastic in the transfer market if you look at the kind of deals they've been pulling off um Sionchu, uh, as an example um how much does he cost 24 million to replace harry Maguire, sold at 80 85 million um Perez looks to have been a good signing, you know, Premier League proven, scoring goals for them. They're getting the best out of some of their younger players. Uh, they picked up Tielemans for a steal, I think, at, at forty million. Tielemans, um, Tielemans, 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 Tielemans. No pun intended. You can have that for free. Right. I mean, um, a lot of people would have assumed that Brendan Rodgers would have held out for a bigger job. But I think Leicester is actually quite a big job. They've got owners that are prepared to pump money in, um, not in a crazy oligarch-type fashion, but you know, with some measured spending. They they certainly look like they're going to nail down a top-four position this season, which is fantastic. And I do think that the TV schedule reflects what's going on. You know, If you were a neutral fan, which is the game you'd want to see? You'd want to see Leicester. You'd want to see a side that's making a genuine go of it, playing attractive, attacking football um, ahead of United right now. Yeah, no, certainly I completely uh, agree with you on that one. Um, just looking at the Premier League as well and some of the other sort of results from from yesterday, some some real big games out there. And you saw West Ham uh, go down 3-2 to, to, to Spurs. And, and Jose, the return of Jose Mourinho. Um, what do you make of it? What, what It's weird to see him back, isn't it? It's weird to see him back. But I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a bit of love for him, you know. Although it didn't work out, I have got a better love for Jose. I just, I like the way he carries himself. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of find issue with him, but, or take issue with him. You know, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with him. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a really, really good, he's a good bloke and, and he's a nice guy to talk to and a nice guy to, to sort of sit and listen to. 
Um, so I'm really pleased he's back in at Spurs, and I think he'll do. He, he could do very, very well there. Um, but yeah, your thoughts on Jose going there, and um, and 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 they're his first win. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I think it'll be too strong to say I have any love for him. I think that's long since gone over the last two seasons. But that, I still have a begrudging respect for him because the guy does keep coming back. I think he will do well there. I think he'll he'll do what he does, which is he will have a very good first 12 to 18 months. First of all, he'll stabilise it. He'll give the players back some belief. He'll start to make them a lot tougher to beat. Um, and results will improve. I don't think Spurs are as bad as their position would suggest. I think that that side you know, should be um, punching well above its weight. I mean, they're still a Champions League team. They've got an awful lot to do in the league to get back into that position, but I think they are capable of doing it. I think the problem will come at that point when Jose needs to uh, take the next step forward with Tottenham, where all of a sudden Champions League isn't good enough and he wants to challenge and contend. Uh, And I think that's where you'll start seeing what we've seen historically in Jose's career, the falling out with key players, falling out with the hierarchy of the club, briefing of the press, um, mm-hmm. leaks from the dressing room. So that's what you've got to look forward to, Spurs fans. Enjoy the roller coaster. But, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to have this conversation in uh, 2021. And uh, let's see how what the mood is around Jose and Spurs then. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting watch. Um, managers under pressure: Manuel Pellegrini at West Ham United, Arsenal, uh, Unai Emery. Uh, they they weren't great yesterday, were they? They are not great. There's something odd going on uh, there. Unai Emery's under pressure. You've got uh, Hassan Hootel, the Klopp of the Alps at <laughs> Southampton, and you've got uh, Marco Silva, of course, at Everton under, under massive pressure, and Kike Sanchez Flores as well, apparently at Watford. Um, I mean, is it the fact that all of these managers are under pressure that's sort of taken away from Oli just a little bit? Um, I don't think so, because I think um, with all due respect to those managers and those clubs, they're not Man United. They're not the worldwide franchise that is United, the juggernaut, the roller coaster of United. Um I, you know, I, I agree that they are all under pressure for a variety of reasons. Ultimately, it stems down to results. With In all cases, I think all of those managers are underperforming. And it will be no shock to see at least two from that list of four be out of work um, before Christmas. Um, I, you know, I, I think Silva and Pellegrini in particular are, are probably a defeat or two away from getting the bullet. I, I think the only thing that saves Emery is... Job is the fact that they're still in Europe. I think if they were out of Europe, he'd be gone as well. Um, I think Arsenal are probably suffering to an extent um, in a similar fashion to the way United did in a post-Ferguson environment. United are, are a far bigger concern, and I, and, I, and I isolate United's problems as being somewhat different. I think the issue, you know, the, the big issue that still comes back to United is it isn't just Ollie, uh, and I think that's where. Um, Ed Woodward perhaps needs to be a little careful because a lot of the problems are still pointing back to him and his leadership of the club. He's the person that's appointed these managers. He ultimately has signed off on some of these transfers. You know, let's um, let's take back the Mourinho area. I mean, how much was spent in that two, three seasons? I think it was in excess of £350 million. Where did it get United? From the point, you know, Mourinho took over United in fifth position, having just won the FA Cup under Van Gaal. United are currently, what, 
ninth, tenth in the league, no silverware, um, not looking a great deal better than the day that Mourinho walked into the club, having spent all that money. So, um, <laughs> you know, we just seem to be going round in circles on this debate. We have to break the cycle somehow. Oli may or may not be the person to do it, but where I sit today, I'm still supportive of letting Oli see out this season. I don't think a mid-season change will, I don't think we'll get enough of an upside from it to make it worthwhile. Um, and I would like to see something happen in January with respect to transfers to truly test whether Oli is capable enough. If him and his team can select the right players with whatever is the budget that they have, that will make a tangible difference to United, fine. And if they can't, having been backed, then absolutely in summer we should be looking at who's available, what direction does the club want to go in. No, I, I completely, completely agree with you on that. I just want, I want to see Oli do well. I really, really, really uh, want to see him do well. Uh, a lot of uh, backlash from fans on social media saying that, you know, the fact that United weren't good enough on, on, on 60, for, for 60, 70 minutes of the game is, is obviously his fault. But, you know, I, I just don't know if we can blame him for, for, for the poor recruitment and the fact that, you know, Fred and Pereira, Fred is supposed to be a 50 million pound player, but Fred and Pereira are, are sort of, you know, keeping the midfield afloat. It's, maybe he was wrong to, to go for the, 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 the three at the back initially, but, you know, he can't afford to get much more wrong, in my opinion. Uh, he really, really can't. Nav, uh, this week, are we going to get six points uh, from our two games? <laughs> so, who have we got? Astana away. Yeah. God knows what's going to put out there. Uh, mm. I can see that being an utter bore fest. Um, but as you say, I'll probably still be eating lunch somewhere in Community Wharf, so um, I'll have other concerns in my mind. I see that being a nil-nil. Villa at home. My God. <laughs> you know, a home match against a newly promoted side. I shouldn't even be debating this. This should be united all the way. Um, I'm going to go for a home win on that. I'm not going to go for a big home win, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 to United. So I see four points from this week. Four points is what Nav says. Uh, I'm going to go... For I, I think we'll get six. I think we'll scrape a win on 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 Thursday uh, and and do all right on um, on on Sunday. Um, it's going to be an interesting week again. When is it never uh, an interesting week for Manchester United? Make sure you head over to beer52.com forward slash United to get your first case of eight beers for free uh, on us. All you need to do is cover the PMP. And believe me, you're going to need to uh, if you're watching the highlights of United's game against Sheffield United because some of that defending is absolutely woeful. Uh, Nav. Thank you for joining me once again. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you for uh, yeah coming 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 back. Uh, we won't make it too long before our next one. United have got two outings midweek, and who knows? Well, midweek and and at the weekend, who knows what will happen uh, next week at home to Aston Villa? Until then, uh, come on, you Reds! This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at United Redcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.